0: Okay guys, welcome to all of you joining on for episode 3 of our Epic Cash Twitter Spaces today. I hope everyone is doing well and thank you all for joining on. For those of you who aren't aware yet, I'm your host Jam. I must say I'm really excited and buzzing for the topic and episode today that we're bringing to the community. So without further ado... Today's episode will revolve around Max Freeman, the co-founder of Epic Cash, taking us through the Epic ECR and EUSD intertwining relationship and in its ecosystem. So as a reminder, today's episode will be recorded. So if you're uncomfortable with speaking, I would suggest to stay muted for the session. The open discussion for today's episode will be more towards the second half of the session. So. I have prepared some questions related to this topic for Max that I will kindly ask him to to take us through. And then we can start to open up the floor for the community to ask any questions a little bit later on. So I just need to touch upon the length of the weekly episodes, you know, last week and, and moving forward as well. So whilst I really do appreciate that the community voted on 40 Minute Sessions Last week was a bit of a learning curve for not just only myself, but I think a few of us who are taking part in these weekly sessions. And that, I think it needs a little bit of a, well, an element of flexibility. And the reason I say that is because when conversations and discussions are flowing, the last thing I'm looking to do is to cut that short. So I think it's best for us to aim for 40 minutes, but it's also beneficial, I believe, for the podcast to have that hard stop on around the hour mark. I think that will give us the added flexibility that I really do feel we need. So before we get into today's topic, let's do a very quick news update. I'd like to get through this as quickly as possible so that we can get on to today's topic and make sure that there is some time for the community to ask the questions that they'd like to ask today. So in terms of the news updates for the week, so there was Some people might say a little bit of a heated discussion between Max, Todd, Uncle V and Marcus Allen on a special 4th of July show. For those who aren't familiar with Marcus, he does have his own podcast and I do believe he has a fairly high number of followers. The show itself involved trying to set the record straight with Marcus who had some questions on the Epic Cash project. And for a number of reasons, didn't get his answers when he had initially asked these questions in the Telegram group. I then understand that Marcus decided to draw his own conclusions without doing any proper due diligence and share these conclusions with his community. Now, I'm not going to go into further details, but if you would like to watch this, and I would strongly recommend you do, You should go and check out Uncle V's YouTube channel. Just search for Uncle Vigilante for anyone not familiar with this channel, just on YouTube. So moving on, Max and Mike attended a podcast on Thursday, I believe it was, called the SGT Report that has 125,000 subscribers. And the discussion revolved solely around Epic Cash, which is obviously perfect for us. Now, I managed to listen to it on Friday morning and it was a brilliant podcast for the project as a whole. And for anybody who hasn't tuned into this yet, I would strongly urge you to go and give it a listen. It has been posted all over the Telegram groups by numerous people in the Epic Cash Telegram. So I would definitely suggest to go and check that out. So Max earlier in the week was in touch with one of the writers at the Coin Bureau on Thursday. Now, for those of you who aren't aware of who these guys are, it's a YouTube channel that has amassed 2.1 million subscribers and a channel I've personally followed for a long time. What I would say is that with the content that their channel produces from the outside looking in, it really does appear as if their team is legit and if they really do perform their proper due diligence, which I'm absolutely certain they will, it would be a matter of not if, but when we hear that positive update on their conversation with Max and their own review of Epic Cash. So really, really exciting stuff. I'm really looking forward to hearing any updates um, from that from that news. And some more positive news. I know there's there's a lot of positivity this week, so brilliant. Um, it sounds as if there has been a positive update on the first storyline integration partner for the Trillion series, being led by both Mars Callahan and Max. Now, Max was the same as most of us probably would be in that there was a little bit of hesitancy revealing who the party was, and to be honest, I think. This is probably the best approach to take, given that everything hasn't been finalised yet. I think everyone in the community probably has that same or that same opinion and takes the same stance. But what I would say is I'm sure we're all looking forward to that concrete update and confirmation on who this is exactly. So again, more exciting news. And the last piece of news for this week to give everybody an update on is that poor boy's been working really hard on the new GUI wallet. Um, and I understand he sent this to Max and a few others. And it sounds like we're likely going to have this new Gooby wallet in the near future. Now, I don't want to put any pressure on the team, so I won't mention any hopeful dates. But what I can say is that this wallet will not only have a more friendly, uh, user-friendly interface, but it will also actually install a node that will result in additional decentralization. So again, another big step forward for the project in its development. So that's the news for the week. I think we're going to be a little bit pushed for time today. So I won't open up today's podcast at this stage, as I mentioned earlier. I would rather prioritize getting time for the community to have that open discussion with Max. So I think we're ready to tackle today's topic. So I'd like everybody tuning in today to understand that the objective of this episode is... Not only to reinforce the knowledge of the people who are already fully integrated into the Epic Cash community, but today we'll also aim to provide those that aren't familiar or aren't aware of Epic Cash to help give these listeners a foundation of knowledge and understanding of the ecosystem that's being developed So for this episode, to appeal to first-time listeners, to new investors, and to those who are already part of this community, I've organized the show in a way that hopefully as the episode progresses today, the depth of explanation that Max will need to provide will need to increase in order to adequately answer each question and topic that comes his way. Anyway, I'm really excited to welcome Max to today's episode. Max, I do believe I've invited you to be a speaker already, so good morning to you, and how are you doing today? Good morning. It's an epic day. (laughs) It's always an epic day when you invest in epic (laughs) cash. So, (laughs) thanks for joining on today. Um, So, just to kick things off, for most people listening to this live and on repeat, I think they'll probably know who Max Freeman is, but for those that don't know, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into cryptocurrency?
1: Sure. Let me start the one minute timer so we're not here all day. <laughs> it's a long story. Um, so I got into crypto in late 2016. Um, before that, I had, I uh, still have uh, that business, um, uh, which is information technology, consumable commodities. Uh, so things uh, like cartridges that go into printers and data storage devices and so on. Um, <clears throat> so I always had an interest in precious metals. I, uh, uh, very deeply care about sound money. And, uh, I was a little late to the crypto party. I was very slow and it didn't hit me until 2016 that, uh, this magic internet money actually had uh, a value. I, I was woefully slow in getting the message, but when I did, I uh, really pivoted, uh, uh, completely to focus on it. So uh retired from that business in mid 2016 and uh had time on my hands and uh, by the end of the year was just spending 16 hours a day seven days a week obsessing uh, about this field and never uh never really stopped um Okay, there's there's the one minute, so I'll just wrap it up here briefly. Um, so uh, it, around 2018, after that first ICO uh, boom and bust, uh, it became clear in my mind what we really needed, uh, which uh, a store of value is great, but we really also need medium of exchange and unit of account, And that's where EUSD came in. So I published the first draft of the EUSD white paper on Bitcoin talk in December 2018. And we realized that we couldn't do EUSD without uh, a network that had the functionality that Epic does existing and it didn't exist. So we had to go and build it. So in September 2019, we launched Epic after five months in uh, testnet and uh, have been building ever since.
0: Oh, thanks for that, Max. Well, I know you did say that you were late to the party, but I think it's probably fair to say, and I'm sure we all agree on that, you have probably caught up. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> yeah, like...
1: yeah. In the bull market, everyone's a genius. So, 2017, is a... <laughs> I have fond memories of that era. <laughs>
0: So if I could move us on to introducing the basic concepts of the three elements we have in the epicenter ecosystem, which are, of course, EPIC, EUS, sorry, ECR, and EUSD. And I think it's best that instead of us diving straight in, as I mentioned earlier, you know, diving straight in at the deep end, that we first of all start entering shallow waters, so to speak. I hope that's okay with you.
1: This is your show. So whatever you like, it's fine with, with me. me. Okay, so
0: in a nutshell, could you tell us what Epic Cash is exactly, just to start us off?
1: Sure. So Epic is the Bitcoin idea um, on a 2019 technology base. So I think of uh, the underlying blockchain as like the silver uh, CD-ROM disk in the case of Bitcoin Core. We put that same 21 million uh, proof of work, Nakamoto consensus, longest chain rule, uh, peer-to-peer electronic cash song on an upgradable Blu-ray because our technology is 10 years uh, later. We had access to a bunch of uh, things that didn't exist when Satoshi created um, uh, Bitcoin Core. So uh, we exp- uh, understood that there's a gap in the market uh, as Bitcoin Core has gone off uh, to become pure store of value and abandoned the peer-to-peer electronic cash medium of exchange use case, uh, we realized that Epic could, uh, could, could serve that, uh, that need. So Epic is designed to be a uh, Bitcoin standard store of value with 21 million coins, but also have the performance to be a direct medium of exchange as well.
0: Okay. So I also understand that there's actually the E1 coin that relates to Epic Cash. So could you talk us through what E1 is and and why it's needed and and what the difference is between Epic Cash and E1?
1: Right. So E1 is a token, not a coin. Uh, for those who are new here, the difference between a coin and a token is that a coin is the fuel, uh, the native gas uh, that the nodes uh, in the network require to process a transaction into a block. So, for example, in Ethereum, uh, we're all familiar with tokens like AVE and uh, Celsius and Shiba and things like that. And, and those are uh, kind of assets that ride on the blockchain, but you can't pay Ethereum miners to process your transaction with Shiba Inu tokens. If you want your transactions to go, the only currency they will accept is Ether um, itself. So Ether is, Ether is the native asset. Epic is the native asset of our own blockchain. But uh, to do all the fun stuff we want to do with EUSD and EDEX and all this uh, other stuff we have in mind, Um, uh, Our our chain can do many things very well, Uh, it's a single uh, focused device. Uh, that is intended to do those functions as best it can, and as a result, it doesn't have capabilities that um, uh, we need to do the DeFi stuff. Um, there's, but thankfully, there's sixty other blockchains that do: um, Avalanche, uh, uh, Solana, Ethereum, Phantom, Binance Smart Chain, Polkadot. You name it. There's about sixty of them ultimately that we have on our uh, roadmap to ultimately cover. And so uh, with these smart contract platforms, you can uh, execute logic um, uh, to enable um, uh, advanced functionality, whereas Epic is just a simple currency. So what we have to do is enable a way for the Epic value to get off of our chain and onto another chain so that it can ride around. E1 is a wrapped Epic coin inside an ERC-20 standard token so that it can ride on uh, those different blockchains. So imagine putting your car into a uh, shipping container and then putting that on a rail car and then it goes on a boat and then another railroad and then onto a truck and then onto its final destination. Um, E1 wrapper is that rail car um, that the Epic coin uh, rides inside um, so that you can uh, do things with it on these other blockchains. Um, and, and so E1 is the uh, necessary prerequisite to EUSD.
0: Okay, well, you actually covered my next question on, uh, on, the mo- on the benefits of having E1. So thanks for that. That was brilliant. Nice one. So um, could you introduce us to the ECR and you know what what its use case is and why it's necessary for the epicenter ecosystem to succeed?
1: Right, so uh, like many things uh, in our ecosystem and in life more broadly, um, it's a duality. Uh, ECR itself means not just the epicenter, token uh, for uh, as the uh, membership of our DAO, if you will, Epicenter DAO, which is actually a meta-DAO of 28 different uh, uh, baby DAOs that comprise it. Um, So in addition to being the uh, currency of the social layer that uh, we use as uh, participants in the DAO to help make uh, our EPIC network more valuable, it also stands for uh, the equity in every citizen's reserve. Like the Federal Reserve, which makes money when people use the Federal Reserve Note, every citizen's reserve, um, AKA ECR holders, make money from what's known as senior age. Uh, In other words, they get an, an economic benefit uh, because the EUSD is constantly declining in purchasing power. EPIC is going up in purchasing power. Plus, of course, there's fees. So uh, ECR also represents every citizen's reserve, which is, uh, uh, imagine sitting at the control panel Homer Simpson at the nuclear plant, and he's uh, fiddling with the dials. uh, We're going to need to determine how many EUSD can be created on Tron versus Solana versus uh, Cadena versus Cardano and all these things. And so uh, the responsibility for tweaking those settings of the EUSD system um, and keeping everything humming smoothly um, lies with ECR holders. And uh, if we do a good job and EUSD has a a lot of market share and generates a lot of uh, value and fees, then EUSD holders benefit. So that's ECR. Uh, Why we need three tokens rather than just two is as we've seen from Terra Luna, uh, which only had two assets in its model and blew up, also BitShares before that, two tokens or two assets and it blew up. new bits before that, uh, Haven hasn't blown up yet, but it will. So if you have any Haven, be sure to sell that uh, before it all falls apart. So you need uh, th- at minimum three assets uh, for the stability to uh, t- to hold. MakerDAO is the uh, most recognized uh, twin or tri-token model uh, that's lasted about five years now. So it's been pretty solid
0: okay so for the final part of this ecosystem that we have in terms of just these three elements anyway we obviously have the crypto dollar i.e the eusd so could you tell us you know why this is being created and what purpose it serves exactly and talk us through the eusd
1: yeah so uh Volatility is a major unsolved problem for uh, cryptocurrency. I recommend that everybody review the EUSD white paper it's a very comprehensive document it's about 50 pages right now and it uh, goes into a lot of detail about this stuff um uh, but if you think about it the market for uh so so there's money and then there's currency and uh if you go back to the jp morgan era he said money gold is money everything else is credit and so today uh if you have a lump of gold then it uh it 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 sits there and it doesn't depend on the performance of anyone else it's just an absolute asset that you hold title to and as such it to preserve purchasing power and actually increase uh, uh, it's, uh, many times uh, over, over time. Um, why? Because of the scarcity and the, uh, the challenge of creating uh, new gold relative, uh, the, the new flow of gold, let's say relative to the stock of existing gold. So the market for a pure store of value today is $10 trillion. That's about the total market cap of gold. The market for currency, in other words, um, it does Uh, at least in its current form, depend on the uh, uh, ability of a specific counterparty to perform. If the Federal Reserve doesn't exist anymore and the United States political entity doesn't uh, exist anymore, then just like at the fall of the Soviet Union, uh, you're out of luck. Um, But as long as people are willing to accept it, then you have something that can uh, circulate around and have the convenience um, that uh, physical precious metals don't. Um, and so uh, largely as a result of that, um, and it gets a little blurry when you look at unit of account and uh, quadrillions of gross notional derivatives uh, versus actual M1, M2, M3 uh, money supply figures. But uh, the best numbers that I uh, have seen recently figure that the global fiat currency supply is somewhere around 300 trillion. So the market for EUSD is probably 30 times or more uh, the market for uh, a pure um, store of value use case. If we pigeonholed Epic like Bitcoin Core pigeonholed BTC, then we would only be competing for that 10 trillion slice. Uh, With EUSD as the yin to the yang, uh, the other side of the coin, um, almost the the inverse mirror image doppelganger, uh, quantum superposition form of Epic Because if you have Epic, you can manifest it into EUSD and vice versa. Um, You have something that can go after the hundreds of trillions rather than tens of trillions or 10 trillion.
0: Okay, well, I know Uncle V had a question at the start regarding EUSD, um, but I'll let Uncle V talk on that later when when it opens up as an open discussion. But just as a bonus question, I know this doesn't really relate to the ecosystem but of course we are very, uh, well we are integrated with Mimblewimble protocol so could you just introduce the audience to Mimblewimble and and how Epic Cash benefits from using this protocol?
1: Right, so just to be uh, technical about it it, it's inaccurate to say that we are quote integrated with Mimblewimble, it would be proper to say that Epic, the Epic blockchain protocol uses Mimblewimble. And so uh, what Mimblewimble is, is a, uh, I think of it as a type of blockchain compression um, that that song uh, of 21 million on the the CD-ROM Bitcoin core version is 400 gigabytes. And in our case, it's 2.7 currently. Now, when we have the same transaction volume as they do, it'll be more like 25 to 50, but still a dramatic, dramatic savings. And the reason it does that is that CoinJoin uses, or uh, Mimblewimble uses a few techniques. One of them is called CoinJoin, where every transaction in a block is mixed with every other transaction in a block. Right now, in a one megabyte block, it goes up to uh, 1,000 transactions per block. Um, so your transactions are not only mixed with every other, but it uses something known as cut-through to offset the netting. So if I send to you and you send to uh, Bad Wolf and she sends to uh, Jasper, and we all do that 100 times, then all of that data needs to be stored and validated and replayed endlessly. Uh, 10 years from now, uh, Bitcoin core nodes would still have to process that same uh, sequence of events back from when the chain first started to ensure the integrity. In Epic, all it does is record the net changes in balance between the different parties. So if 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 we do, if we move the same value around a hundred times, but all it ends up with with is plus one over here, then you're just representing the incremental state change of plus one minus one versus all the intermediate stuff
0: okay well, well thanks for taking us through those kind of introductory question max is much appreciated so i think that now we've covered the the basics of epic cash the you know what makes up the epicenter ecosystem and the protocol that epic cash uses perhaps this is a good time for us to start diving a little bit deeper so i'm really glad that you mentioned the whole terra lunar ust collapse actually because Obviously, unless people listening in today have been hiding under a rock, they will be aware of this collapse that happened earlier this year. And it obviously resulted in a multitude of interested parties losing a hell of a lot of money, some people losing billions, of course. And obviously, it also led to a huge loss in the overall confidence of the decentralized stablecoin market. So could you talk us through why the Epic ECR and EUSD ecosystem is designed in a way that will prevent this same type of capitulation?
1: Um, yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, so uh, first off, uh, it, it's based on solid science. So um, there have been over uh, uh, 300 different stablecoin projects since the industry began. Um, uh, that's probably been my main area of focus for the for the past five years. Um, I've, I've read uh, if, if there's any stablecoins that have ever existed, even on the drawing board stage, and I haven't studied them, usually in some fair detail, uh, then I'd be really interested to know. And if anybody knows them, uh, please send them my way. Um, so uh, fundamentally, uh, we know that many things don't work uh, for sure. And we just shouldn't go there. For example, uh, two token models that don't have any way to prevent death spirals. Um, uh, but we also know that uh, tri-token models, like for exa- example, make or die, um, or magic internet money, uh, also uh, frax uh, and, and 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 fey uh, seem like they'll have legs. So there's lots of different ways to do it. Um, uh, Two tokens uh, or two assets is not enough but uh, three can be made to work. Um, uh, There's a great piece uh, I I believe it's actually linked in the EUSD white paper. It it talks about reserve's critical analysis of the maker protocol and reserve is kind of a a centralized uh, like USDT or USDC um, type of of proposition. Um, So they're looking at the world through that lens, but they correctly identified um, the challenge in uh, the Maker system, which is uh, scalability. So the way Maker works is you have to put $145 worth of eligible collateral into a smart contract to generate $100 worth of DAI loans. And then uh, those loans have interest. And as people pay that interest, uh, if they uh, get liquidated, uh, that's another source of income to the Maker DAO. Uh, but through Uh, uh, mainly interest but also liquidations. Maybe there's some other fees there. Um, DAI users pay uh, fees and deliver economic value to the um, MKR holders. And so MKR is sort of like the equity of uh, the algorithmic central bank in, uh, in that design. And so having studied everything uh, that's out there, we realized that um, that model is good as far as it goes. But the problem is um, with over-collateralization as a requirement, uh, you run out of collateral. Uh, there's competing uses for that collateral, uh, which also crimps demand. Um, and uh, it's, it's what's n- known as capital inefficient. So after uh, uh, four or five years now, Maker has only been able to get up to 10 billion in market cap out of an overall 200 billion, I think, uh, market size for Ether. Um, And so they've kind of gone uh, as as far as they can go. And so uh, analyzing the best things that exist out there on the market, um, we said, how can we take that as a starting point? And then just like we did with Epic to tweak the DNA of Bitcoin 2% and fix the issues and not mess with the things that aren't working. um, We identified the key areas um, that we could not just solve for capital efficiency efficiency, but also uh, scalability, uh, security, um, basically just, you know, we have the luxury of coming uh, later and seeing uh, what works that we can accentuate and what doesn't work that we can uh, we can fix with a clean sheet um, design. So we retain the over, cap, uh, over collateralization. At the beginning, it, it will be two to one to keep the system very safe. So if you want $100 of a USD loan, you'll have to put $200 uh, worth of Epic up. And we're also going to keep it very small. So uh, let's say Epic goes to $100, bucks and we're all feeling rich, and we want to go buy Lambos. Well, not so fast. We need to keep it small for the first um, months, quarters, probably years. Uh, because we don't know what we don't know, and we're in the trust business, so we need to keep things safe above all else.
0: Okay, so in other words, then, to to just summarize, so we're going to keep it a, a safe system to start with and start slowly progressing the system as we become more confident and start realising any flaws that we potentially might see in the near future when when obviously EUSD and, and the whole system comes out and obviously to maintain that safeguard as well, we will have that over collateralization of, of two to one against the EUSD.
1: Yes, not only uh, over collateralization, but also off-chain insurance using physical gold. So uh, one of the portfolio companies of Epic Economy Amplifier is called EPIC Private Insurance Company. So uh, our logo is actually very similar to the FDIC, uh, which is what we're intended to evoke. Um, So EPIC takes a small portion of the fees that people pay and buys physical gold and sits on it in case uh, anything goes wrong because you never know giant meteor uh project Bluebeam. you know we're all under alien attack or whatever um and 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 some people lose money maker had one hiccup on a day when everything fell apart and i think ether collapsed 50 60 percent in a day and some oracle didn't update fast enough or whatever i mean they fixed it but i think people lost like $4 million or something. And it led to acrimony and lawsuits and a bunch of drama and strife. And so just uh, thinking ahead, if we uh, just clip off a little bit uh, the dust, essentially, clip off a bit of the dust uh, and, and pile it up over here, then uh, six months, uh, six years, when, who, whenever down the road, uh, we have a pile of gold there uh, to make people whole when, uh, when they lose. The FDIC itself has uh, something like $1 of assets per $1,000 of liability. So it's not much insurance, but uh, it's enough where people trust it. Um, not exactly apples to apples here, of course, but I think uh, something like the EPIC insurance um, goes a long way to showing not just the market, but also regulators that we really take uh, their concerns about people not losing money seriously.
0: Okay, that, that makes sense. Okay, so to me, my understanding is that it sounds as if all of these elements that are being planned for EPIC Cash and the epicenter ecosystem they represent a decentralized and private version of the financial system that exists today so epic cash being digital gold ecr acting like a similar party to the federal reserve and eusd would be the usd we have today now obviously there are <laughs> there are a few differences which i know you feel very passionately about like for example usd being not not being backed by gold and obviously some other some other factual views that we have on the Federal Reserve. But could you offer your thoughts on that and talk to us how you feel that the epicenter ecosystem will will succeed by being a better version of the current system we have today?
1: Yeah, so that gets to the heart of it. Uh, Paul Krugman uh, famously said that what backs the U.S. dollar um, after uh, gold and after petrodollar are no longer backing is men with guns. So our system does not rely on coercion and violence uh, to, uh, uh, to exist. Um, that's very important. Uh, there is no central authority in our system. It doesn't depend on trust. Um, our system doesn't require permission. Um, uh, it, it can also never fail. I mean, of course, we have to assume that the internet exists and blockchains exist and uh, many other things uh, that I think we'll all agree on uh, are, are, are safe to assume uh, that are going to continue to be the case. Um, uh, but uh, uh, if you live in Canada, the Interac um, electronic payment system um, went down yesterday. Canadians could not make payments. Um, uh, in, in England, the, the real-time gross settlement system back in 2014 was down. Uh, Russia just got cut off from SWIFT and the global financial system. Uh, Russia and Afghanistan both had, um, uh, in Afghanistan's case, I think it was $10 billion. In Russia's case, I think it might have been 640. Somebody can fact check me on that. But basically, Western uh, uh, countries just said, oh, we're going to steal your money. Uh, they had the uh, power to do that. Nobody can steal your value, um, or deny you access to that value, um, with our, uh, concept of money. Um, so our money is politically neutral. Um, it doesn't depend on violence. Um, it also doesn't, um, uh, redirect wealth upward from the have nots to the have yachts as we've seen since 1971, when, uh, we went off the, the gold standard for the federal reserve note. Um, it led to some very severe consequences uh, for the erosion of the middle class and poor people not being able to get ahead. And meanwhile, uh, uh, the the caviar set uh, adds ever more zeros uh, to their wealth. And so you're seeing a a lot of social consequences. Um, So longer term, it's not just about the money, it's about the type of world that we will have um, as that money becomes baked into our commerce and our social um, uh, understandings. I really think uh, if we didn't have uh, Epic and the USD and the Freeman family and Epicenter Dow and all these things that we were doing, um, I, I mean, this great reset, like I'm not one to, to eat bugs and uh, uh, live in, in a FEMA camp. I, I would just be completely <laughs> distraught um, if we didn't have this reason for hope. And I know a lot of people feel that way as well. So we can't control um, that the uh, uh, deranged psychopaths are bent on uh, destroying the world we have. But what we can do is uh, stay strong for the post-reset world and, uh, 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 you know, create the change that we want to be and and have something to look uh, forward to, which I think is really important. Yeah, well,
0: you'll own epic and be happy, right, Max?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's the point. (laughs)
0: so i'd now like to open up the podcast to the community members on the call so that you can ask max any questions on today's topic so i do believe i've invited you all to be a speaker so you know if you'd like to unmute yourself the floor is all yours
2: hey max long time no speak uncle v yo yo (laughs) hey um jam first of all i want to just say thank you for this series These are great questions. I did want to add one last bit of news for anybody interested, and I think most in the community will be. But tomorrow morning, Mike Mimola will uh, be appearing. He's interviewed uh, on New to the Street, and that can be found on cable uh, if you have Newsmax, and it'll be at 10 a.m. Eastern time. So Sunday morning, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern time. And uh, Max, I just wanted to, I really feel that the description of Epic, E1, EUSD, ECR uh, was excellent, but incomplete. Um, I think in most of our minds, it comes full circle when you explain the what's possible. Can you describe how those assets will work uh, for the bank of me or the bank of I, whichever you choose?
1: yeah yeah so i mean you would probably call it the bank of uncle v um yep you, know, yeah, you, you can call it whatever you want. Um, but fundamentally, OK, so we're going to release ECR soon. So depending on when you bought your Epic, um, I, I can uh, confirm that uh, uh, in response to the, uh, uh, the the issues we had around uh, the value overflow incident and who gets what and uh, just all that extended iron sharpens iron um, stuff, that um, what, what we decided is to have uh, essentially a two for one. If you held Epic. Uh, epic as of the february 21st snapshot you get two ecr if you have it as of the december snapshot then you get uh one so basically you know people get compensated for their forced uh hodling that they may not uh have wanted to um uh, so uh uh, whether you uh if if you came in before you will get um ecr if you uh, came in after you will have to buy it but we know from uh history that most people will just hit that uh Dump button the minute they get it. So be on the lookout for that if you uh, think ECR uh, has a value. So we don't know the ratios yet, but I'm just going to call it one for one at the moment to make the math easy because right now mm-hmm. Epic's around a buck, and you have one for one, you know, in most people's hands. So let's say, uh, let's say you, you're you're a baller, uh, you have ten thousand. Epic and now they're 10,000 bucks and now now another, no, you have 1,000 Epic and they're 10 bucks. So you have uh, 10 grand and you wanna go get a $1,000 loan. So what you would do assuming Epic is uh, um, at uh, 10 bucks is you would have to put, um, uh, what is that? Uh, $2,000 worth of Epic. So 200 coins at 10 bucks. Into uh, your smart contract, uh, you would also require an equivalent amount of ECR. I don't know how, how much that is, but let's say you know you would need to have uh, an equivalent ratio. The the way we control the supply of USD are those ratios. So uh, it's impossible to know, uh, and I'm getting confused in uh, in, in my, the math in my head. So I'm just going to go conceptually rather than firm numbers. Um, so you uh, just like it takes two uh, or one chlorine atom and one um, uh, sodium atom to make a salt molecule. Um, You you need to put your uh, uh, atoms into the recipe to make what you want, in this case, EUSD. So you're going to lock up your uh, your coins um, into the bank of Uncle V. Uh, You're going to deposit your wrapped Epic um, coins, your E1 tokens on the chain of your choice. Let's just say Avalanche. So you're gonna engage with a smart contract on Avalanche, uh, probably using a MetaMask wallet. That's the most uh, common one. So uh, it'll say, okay, uh, here's, here's the numbers. You have uh, this amount of E1, this amount of ECR, uh, and here's the gas fees you're gonna pay. Tap this uh, button, and then uh, it will send a transaction to the blockchain, committing your ep- your ECR and E1 and returning you the EUSD. So after uh, a a block goes through, you get the EUSD into your wallet, um, and uh, your E1 uh, stays there as collateral until you want um, to unlock them. So it's kind of like a digital pawn shop um, that only accepts Epic as as collateral, and instead of giving you dollars, uh, physical paper cash, it gives you uh, EUSD.
2: Perfect. I like the analogy of a, a digital pawn shop. That's helpful. Um, okay, so now I have my 1,000 EUSD less any gas fees, I presume. Um, but let's just call it 1,000 EUSD. So I know if I have uh, ESDT, uh I can off-ramp that to Bank of America, my account. And then I can use that to get cash, to be able to go pay for, let's say I want a $1,000 uh, motorcycle for, for my son. Um, I don't know, just a $1,000 bicycle, really nice bicycle. And uh, uh, so, so I can understand that, but when I hear EUSD, uh, the, to me, what doesn't reconcile is how am I ever going to use that to be able to buy something meaningful? Because as far as I know, uh, retailers aren't just going to, you know, click their heels and say, oh, EUSD, great. Yeah. We know right. nothing they about don't,
1: it. Yeah, they don't need to. So just as Tether and Circle have uh, fiat on and off ramps, EUSD will be picked up by all those same companies. As a permissionless ah. protocol, anyone that wants to do anything with EUSD can. So, uh, so there's there's what uh, thousands of uh, places that will on and off your crypto to fiat around the world, something like that. Um, there's no shortage of them. So excuse me uh, so that that's the uh, short answer uh, and, and we hope to have a lot of competition but um, in the beginning since we're small and nobody cares um, one of the things that I've been working on incubating is Freeman Express which is actually pretty far along so uh, through uh, Freeman Express let's say you're going to chick-fil-a and you have uh, your uh, epic in your uh, your wallet and you're wanting to buy at chick-fil-a what you'll be able to do with your Freeman Express debit card is actually swipe the debit card and then have it uh, pull um, uh, from your Epic uh, to generate an EUSD loan. You would sell then, and this all happens behind the scenes through the app. You're basically uh, locking up your Epic, borrowing EUSD. Freeman Express is buying that EUSD from you and paying fiat to Chick-fil-A. Wow. All with a single tap. Yeah. Wow.
2: That's powerful. That's powerful.
1: Yeah, I I think
2: that's just important so people can understand. And the impact that ultimately will have on price is it should be price go up technology. Because if I'm having to lock in 2000 Epic, that takes 2000 Epic off of the market. Um, and, And the more of that that happens, price goes up. Now, can you walk us through the math, Max, on why... You would hate to say this, but never want to sell your Epic. You would rather (laughs) take a loan from it because what happens long term to that loan from if you ever did want to pay it off?
1: uh yeah so first of all um, uh, putting up two for one sounds um, pretty onerous until you realize mm-hmm. that if you're a heavy if, if you're a high earner uh, you need to pay about half your income in taxes I, I know my my burden is very high so mm-hmm. I'm out of pocket two for one uh, after tax when I go to buy something anyway so uh, the tax deferral is uh, is a big advantage um, uh, if you were to sell your epic or even your use it directly as a medium of exchange to buy something. Technically you would have to count, uh, your capital gains on that from when you got it until when you spent it, um, and then, uh, pay tax on that. And so here you get the, uh, tax deferral, but also you're putting yourself on the right side of the hyperinflation process that's going on. You're essentially at the same side of the table as the federal reserve, um, because the, uh, exchange rate of Epic to EUSD is one to one today around a buck, uh, If it goes to ten bucks, then it requires only one tenth as many coins to buy back your debt position, if we go 100x, it takes one percent as many coins, and so you're mm. sitting pretty, letting your money that's sitting there, which is growing in value, make it cheaper to uh, to pay off uh, to pay off the loan. And so uh, trees don't don't grow to the sky. Uh, we don't know how far this goes, but when when I talk about hundred hundred thousand million dollar and multi million dollar epic, that's how uh, we get there because uh, it's going to absorb the supply. And and socially, uh, behaviorally, culturally, our people, our Freeman family will understand uh, uh, the best way I can get Epic to go up in value is to get out there and spend EUSD. Let's get it on, yeah. <laughs> you know, no, and then I, uh, I hope that's not <laughs> lost
2: on everyone. I really hope this yeah. portion of, of, of this um, Twitter space is not lost on everyone, because when people really wrap their mind around that, they'll see the genius of the model. And ultimately that loan, that onerous loan that you take against yourself becomes really epic dust as our coin matures um, with adoption. Can I just go back to the, the mechanism of the loan
3: and, and how we uh, get to the point where we get our collateral back? That, is that essentially, the, the, so the collaterals is somehow static um we get ecr in return and at some point we get an amount of ecr that's
1: equivalent no so be a, no the amount of, no 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 so you're talking about redeeming uh eusd for epic or getting your collateral back as a loan creator because remember there's all these different parties to the different parts of uh the overall process that don't need to necessarily do everything So are we talking about EUSD creation, or are we talking about how one of the core stability mechanisms of EUSD is that you can always get $1 worth of Epic uh, out of the EUSD uh, uh, ATM, basically?
3: Yeah, like an ATM. OK, so let's consider it that way. It's like a financial engine uh, generating uh, EUSD that I can use to spend out in the world, right? Is that a good kind of summary
1: of what's happening? Yeah, so what? at so yes, yeah, so how does EUSD get created? So, uh, EUSD gets created from people collateralizing their APIC in conjunction with ECR um, to issue themselves loans. That is the origination of the process. Once an EUSD is created, there's no reason that EUSD should have a value uh, unless we have another uh, key key feature, which is if if you look at Terra Luna, um, uh, you could always get one dollar worth of Luna back from uh, the uh, ATM, let's say at uh, um, at uh, Terra. So what uh, it was kind of a circular reference UST got you back $1 worth of Luna. But why do you need Luna? What's the only thing you can do with it? Oh, to create more UST. So that kind of got big enough until people re- realized that there was no there there. And so ours is a little bit different. So uh, uh, that same redemption for $1 worth of crypto, uh, as we saw in the Luna concept, is applied to uh, Epic itself. So basically the ECR algorithmic central bank, every citizen's reserve um, uh, is uh, basically on the hook to pay out $1 worth of Epic at whatever the current rate is um, to any holder that wants to present EUSD to uh, a smart contract. So let's say Epic is trading uh, at 10 bucks and I have a thousand EUSD. Well, then I can go and bang them into the smart contract of every citizen's reserve and uh, get 100 um, um, epic coins out whatever the rate of epic to eusd is that eusd holder is insulated because when they cash it out to epic they're always going to get one dollar uh, worth so different uh economically interested actors with very differing views and time horizons and goals of what they're trying to do um, can all interact hopefully that makes sense
3: it makes sense and the math adds up what you said and everything but what I'm going what I'm really trying to get my head around is I put a thousand dollars or a thousand epic or wait. A thousand dollars worth of epic. No, two thousand dollars worth of epic and I get a thousand dollars of EOSD. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so now I have this thousand dollars of EOSD and you know I'm going to Chick-fil-A or you know, and I, I decide I'm gonna but use that for my food budget and um and however long that lasts me, great. Um and and in the meantime, what is happening that is happening what is happening with that um, collateralized Epic
1: and ECR that is... It, 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 it's being put out to DeFi uh, uh, farming stuff like Ave and uh, Balancer and things like that, Convex, Curve, all those things. It is yeah. being basically rented out to the market in exchange for interest, And that interest goes into our epicenter Dow uh, treasury pot, ECRG, more info on that later. Um, so, you know, the money is not just sitting there, it's working for right. us. And the way it's working is, uh, as we saw with, uh, with our ECR on Wanchain and QuickSwap and HoneySwap, if you don't have people to put in the liquidity pool, uh, on the other side to do the LP and nobody wants to do that, then, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like an isolated little Island and nobody goes there. Um, so this, uh, uh what we're doing here, these next steps solve so many things, uh, of what we cool. need big picture at once.
3: So market trends are market trends and there's volume surges and, and, you know, there's slowdowns and everything. And, and so at various given times, the, 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 how, how long my thousand dollars works will, will change or how, how long I can keep that going. But in, in the meantime, my, my collateral uh, is, is, is working for me and I'm, I'm, I'm getting sort of replenished. And, and at some point, um like depending on how efficient I am at eating food, i could I could conceivably have a you know a, a never-ending gobstopper of, of money coming out of this
1: collateral I, I, I I think everybody that's in the boat now is uh yeah. may not feel that way yet, but we're all independently wealthy beyond measure
3: <laughs> yeah, but but just i i I tend to agree with that anyone who's in crypto um and and well, well, just well, you no, know, I can't say that. But anyways, um, because there's a lot of <laughs> foul places you can end up in crypto, and and uh, we're we're not one of those foul places. We're in the right place. Um, but but, but does that does does that make sense? So that um, depending on that that yeah.
1: fluctuates how how our loan comes back, right? Like how how uh, what. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a it's a dynamic system, and uh, we're going to yeah. have to stay on top of it all the time. Uh, thankfully, we've got many policy tools to, uh, uh, to, to keep everything humming. Um, but I would also highlight that over time, we know that Epic has proven number-go-up technology from uh, Satoshi. So uh, the collateral is growing in value, and we also know that the Federal Reserve is never, ever going to stop printing more currency. So the value of your debt, your asset side the ledger is growing and your, uh, deb, uh, your liability side of the ledger is shrinking. So you're, you're really making it both ways. Hey, Max,
2: yeah. uh, one last question for me, and then I know that we need to wrap things up. But um, this is what keeps me up at night. Um, of course, we have seen swings within days of uh, uh, you know, Bitcoin or even Epic uh, falling 50% or more. It's just how these volatile markets happen. What kind of protection could be built in, if any, to where that $2,000 of collateral I put in just gets wiped out in a day because there was this crazy swing because, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so uh, Maker survived a 60% single day collapse in the price of Ether and also a 90% collapse uh, over the better part of a year uh, from in the 2017 18 uh, or 18 meltdown, 18 19, let's say. So uh, uh, we have uh, uh, prior art to look at. Um, but if you mm-hmm. uh, look at the EUSD white paper, there's about uh, a dozen, maybe 14, now that I think of it, different policies policy tools uh, that we have in the stability mechanism um, to help address this. Uh, So uh, uh, maturity transformation, to use banker speak, people that have a long-term time horizon and want to get a little extra uh, juice, uh, like a a 30-year treasury bond pays more than a 10-year bill, pays more than a Mm 30-day one. Uh, So we've got that to look at. Um, Also risk tranching, things like catastrophe bonds and lottery bonds. Protocol debt, so the epicenter DAO itself can issue debt uh, to absorb supply and things like that. Basically, uh, giving uh, you know uh, debt with future equity warrants on top. Um, I mean, there's (laughs) we threw the kitchen sink at it. Um, We the reason that we don't have a USD today is we didn't want to make a system prematurely that uh, could only scale. Into you know hundreds of millions or billions before uh, reaching limits or or blowing up even worse. We were thinking, all right, we need to be able to scale into the uh, billions, tens of billions, hundreds of billions, trillions, and beyond. And if we can't do that, if we can identify anything at any level that's going to make this uh, run into a uh, uh, growth friction and can't go beyond that, like we're seeing in Maker, or uh, existential risk uh, like we saw in Terra Luna, then we just can't ship it. It's uh, it's premature. Mm-hmm. And so as we kept identifying those things that could kill us, we figured out the tools that uh, would uh, give us security against that. And then when you overlap them all together, (laughs) I mean, there's uh, nothing else even close on the market, even on the drawing board.
2: No, I know. And I just want to share with the community that I've had the absolute pleasure of being the dumbest person on several calls related to this subject. And what Max has done uh, famously is he surrounded him with himself with some of the smartest thinkers in the space. And I remember some of those calls, Max, where you were getting beat up very, very hard on the subject I brought up. And uh, and and it's these same people that were asking all of the challenging questions who've been part of the solutions. And it's just re- been really, really cool to witness.
1: That's how we improve. Yeah, uh, that that crucible of uh, adversarial uh, thought, red team, blue team, really helps mm-hmm. us uh, sand off the, uh, the the rough edges.
4: Absolutely.
0: Okay. And I, sorry, sorry, bad Wolf. Just to uh, just just, just uh, have two more questions for today. Then yeah, so we can try and wrap this up. I know Kim and and, uh, and Levi Epic, you'd like to ask some questions. So let's uh, let's go through them, and then we can wrap it up, guys. Yeah.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And and I'll be quick, because I mean, that was a great rundown, Max. And I appreciate that every time I listen to the rundowns, they become clearer for new people in if, if that makes sense. So for this particular um, Twitter spaces, I think it's absolutely perfect. And then the questions that get asked to clarify the things that people inside the community might not know, but people outside certainly don't know. And that question about how how and why this has actually come around full circle is what I get asked all the time. So that was wonderful, how this becomes an investment, how it makes money as an investment and you make money because you're using your Epic and getting these guarantees. So thank you for that. And um, I think that's mostly what I wanted to say. I wanted to ask, um, as you go through all of this process and we're trying to educate people is there something in the works that says for this average Joe that we're talking to and we're saying you can use this in your business or you can use this um, and we need that bridging link. We're all making our own kind of bridging links in education. Is there one coming from like right from Epic?
1: Well, you, you already said that we're all making our own. So I would say, yes, there's many coming. Uh, the the way your question is phrased implies that there's, as yoga calls, magical. Somebody's out there. Uh, uh, you know, like Avalanche is a company with 200 people. And those people that work at that company do everything. And the rest of us are just passengers on the train. Um, here, it's not like that. So whatever we need, we need to uh, make it. So there's 28 Daos today if somebody wants to create new ones, uh, whether to solve that education gap or anything else. Um, uh, The answer is always to look within. If there's a need, uh, can I fill it? If no, can I find someone else to fill it? And can I help make that happen? Uh, Helping them set up an epic fund me uh, like uh, uh, Islo has been doing for people like Batuhan and uh, Koresh Tony, the rapper, uh, things like that. We really need to do all this stuff at the uh, local grassroots level, because if we start becoming uh, hierarchical and top down more uh, corporate command and control style driven, um, then long-term we're going to run into the same problems of capture and agency problem and stakeholder misalignment uh, that other networks like Bitcoin core and Ethereum have faced.
4: Right. Sorry. And yeah, and I should probably have been more clear. I was thinking like a, um, like a diagram from Spencer or something, just something because it's so well said when you said it, but yeah, you're right. So we can definitely, you know, one of us can talk to Spencer and we can do that. Y- I was yeah. Thinking-
1: I mean, yeah, Great. there's uh, there's uh, there's a bunch of groups. AC1 uh, Awareness and Communications Guild, uh, uh, the um, artist group EAT1. Um, uh, Spencer's pulled in a lot of different directions, but thankfully we've got uh, a lot more talent than just Spencer. But I think uh, Levi Nathan would be a great uh, great person, maybe Tillman to take this uh, explanation that we've done, uh, take the transcript and then write some articles based on it. Um, if we can get it in words, uh, then the visual artistry types uh, can put the uh, explainers and stuff together. But also uh, what we're gonna do to help incentivize this is as soon as we have ECR um, uh, out the door, we're pretty to Out the Door, I've got a lot of this stuff uh, on my desk in front of me already, is to uh, have contests um, through Epicenter Community Rockstars so uh, uh, people can win prizes of uh, ECR and ECK um, in uh, uh, coming up with uh, explainer videos for cut through or articles about Mimble Wimble or uh, infographics, memes, songs, uh, art, all that different stuff. So really engaging our, uh, our human capital Little, um, to solve that issue.
4: Right. Oh, I think that's perfect. It, I was looking, you know, if you want kind of this, some kind of place where there's a couple of really good explanations that everybody can use. So you're right. That's, that's definitely how we how we get there.
1: Yep, absolutely.
3: Uh, hey, Max. It's Levy. Um, hey, Levy. Hey. Um, I got a quick question on the USD loan. Um, so I know that the first month, I believe, that the first month is interest free um, but after that sometimes it is not interest free um, right is that like is that interest always going to be like way less than a bank would charge interest on like a loan you get from them or we, i don't no, know can you give we, me a picture of that yeah
1: we yeah we don't know so it's a market uh, market force um, but basically, uh, what we want to do is keep the value flowing. Um, uh, we, we want uh, like money in motion is worth more than um, uh, value that's stagnant. Uh, the BTC HODL ideology has been uh, very poisonous there. And uh, what we're creating are currencies. After all, Current means uh, currency means uh, like a current to flow. Um, uh, but really, we need it as a policy tool. Um, uh, like right now in the global economy uh, and financial system, System. There's a lot of shaky borrowers that uh, thought they had access to unlimited um, uh, open-ended funding. Oh, I can always roll this over. And then, no, actually you really can't. And then uh, p- people blow up. So uh, that's an essential policy tool. Um, the goal is not like a financial institution to gouge people for interest. It's just to say that there is a price to keeping it open. And so you as a consumer should make the choice whether uh, it makes sense to keep that open or to, um, uh, reissue it because uh, if we need to, if we need to control, like we're we're going to be riding, uh, riding a, a a rocket ship and and like holding a tiger by the tail for years with this thing, as uh, the b- value of epic is constantly volatile. EUSD is bouncing around. I mean, if EUSD is ninety one cents or a dollar ten, that's too wide, and you know that's bad for many reasons. So we need to figure out how to get it more stable, uh, more liquid, connected to more places. Um, as we do that, uh, we want to make sure that we have the maximum flexibility to manage um and and that's why uh that's really like a, a governor on uh the the new eusd creation
3: okay okay that's pretty cool um and then is the goal to have ecr and um eusd also able to be stored on the mobile wallet is that something
1: yeah um, yeah absolutely
3: okay those are my two questions uh, thanks
1: and uh, uh, some of the things we talked about earlier, Jam, I can't remember all of them, but the uh, Poolboy GUI uh, wallet is up on GitHub already. So it's an alpha, expect bugs. But uh, if you find bugs, uh, send them through to him so he can fix them. So anybody can go to GitHub right now and uh, play with the new GUI wallet, and I recommend you do. And Diego confirmed that we will be playing with the new Stacks wallet uh, in July. So... That's the fre- fresh off the presses. So looking great there.
3: Oh, and excellent. just to, Diego's wallet. We are not expecting like those tokens yet. Those will be later iterations.
1: Co- correct. Correct. So ECR and the USD is going to come along later. The mobile wallet is just for uh, for Epic itself.
4: Right. And thank you uh, again, Max sorry guys
0: regrettably to keep this episode to a decent time now i do think we need to start yeah let's wrap it i think this could be two or three hours long so
1: yeah let's let's wrap it thank you for the discipline Jim. good good (laughs) We'll we'll save more for next time
0: absolutely but uh, max as you're on the show is there anything else you'd like to say to the community or, or any other general comments you'd like to make at all
1: Uh, it works if you work it so uh, it works best as a participatory exercise this is the time where we can all ask ourselves uh, what we can do to make our uh, vision a reality Um, setting up people with wallets uh, if you know somebody and you like them enough to care about them to help them get this precious gift of uh, knowing how to use uh, Epic when it's early, uh, and and, uh, not very widely known, um, then they'll do great. So if we can all identify ways to get our ore in the water and row, uh, then we'll get there a lot faster.
0: Okay, that's brilliant, Max. And thanks again for the updates as well on on the wallet. Thanks for clarifying that. And uh, obviously, thanks for your time for coming on today. Now, I'm confident that you know if any of you listening in are new investors on on repeat or tuning in now that this podcast has hopefully helped you to begin to gather an understanding on this fantastic cryptocurrency project and i'm sure that those tuning in who are existing community members it's helped you to either confirm or or increase your existing knowledge that you know you already have um so for those that aren't familiar with epic cash and you've just started listening in so i encourage you to come and join the community on telegram t.me forward slash epic cash come and ask questions come and learn about epic cash you can then decide for yourself whether purchasing your first epic cash is right for you for me epic cash is a game changer in the blockchain and and crypto industry and no this isn't me just shilling another shit coin like so many youtubers and podcasters do today i'll mention no names But it's the only cryptocurrency for me that I know that has the genuine opportunity to bank the unbankable. So episode four will be next Saturday, same time, 2 p.m. Eastern. So come and join us again next week. The poll for topic of episode four will be posted on my Twitter as normal, either this afternoon or tomorrow. There, And you may have seen this in the Telegram groups. There is a current Twitter poll right now on my profile for the proposal of starting a new podcast series called Passion for Epic. It will involve Epic Cash community members coming on and telling us all about their individual projects. It could be mining, security, their Epic me initiatives, or simply being content creators. Now, the proposal was to run this on an ad hoc basis, approximately 15 to 20 minutes for each episode. So if you haven't yet voted, it would be great to hear your thoughts, and then I can kind of gather an understanding of whether there is going to be enough interest in this idea. So... As I announced earlier in the week, the podcasts are now going to be available on the go on a number of different platforms, including the likes of YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Amazon, Audible and Music. So if you would prefer to listen there, then just simply search for Epic underscore Hodler or Let's Talk Epic Cash. Before we do sign off, I would just like to say like a big thank you to the community and, you know, all of the comments that we've received or I've received, sorry, for the kind and positive feedback. You know, I really do appreciate it. And I think i probably said a few too many times that this show is for the community and to help Epic Cash grow. So, you know, let's all continue to help move this forward together. So to all of you listening in, thanks for tuning in today. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope everyone has a lovely weekend. And I'll speak with you all again next week. So cheers, all.
1: Thanks, Jim. Bye. All
2: right.